in the early years, whatever I said was accepted as gospel, they'd go out and run through a brick wall. Now, now they want to know why. Why you want them to run through that brick wall? The NFL's winningest coach, Don Shula, today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Well, last week, the National Football League and its fans lost a truly iconic figure. Don Shula, the all-time winningest NFL coach, died at the age of 90. I met Don Shula in 1995, actually just a few months before the start of what would be his final NFL coaching season. He'd written a book on coaching and leadership, co-authored with Ken Blanchard, the prolific author who is perhaps best known for his classic book, The One-Minute Manager. So here now, from 1995, Don Shula and Ken Blanchard. I was introduced to Ken about three years ago by a mutual friend, uh, Charlie Morgan, and he thought it would be a good idea if the two of us got together and wrote a book. And uh, at that time, I was so busy and so involved in the draft coming up that, that I really didn't give it a second thought. And then about a year ago, we spent a weekend together with our wives and uh, just kick things around about uh, some of the things that have been important to me in my lifetime as a parent and also as a coach and also as a member of the community trying to do the right thing. And Ken, in his uh, background as a business manager and motivator and the things that he has done so well. And the more that we talked, the more that we felt that we could put together a meaningful book that would be important to people that are looking for help uh, in, in whatever they do, the people that they're responsible for. Well, really, is there a great deal of difference in the way you achieve success in sports and the way you achieve success in business or life? No, not really, because uh, the parallels are incredibly clear. And particularly business is getting more like what Don faces. is so much competition and being observed almost weekly now. Uh, but uh, the principles I found as as Don and I talk are really universal. And uh, I've written a lot about different pieces of what we're talking about, but we developed an acronym called COACH, which is really a whole coaching system, uh, and it's almost a checklist uh, uh, that you can take a look at in terms of how you're doing helping people be the very best. Now, does does a good coach know these principles intuitively, or or can they be can they be learned by someone who wants to emulate your success? Well, I think that's the uh, that's the reason that we're doing the book. We want to help people, and and they can look at this, and they can uh, take the coach acronym and and tear it apart, and think about how it applies to them, and what could be helpful to them. You know, we start out with with a C and coach, and and that's uh, conviction driven. You know, everybody has to have a vision. And my vision is a vision of perfection, that, that I want to be as good as I can be uh, during the season, practice, the meetings. Uh, you know, I'm always striving for per- perfection. And overlearning really is how do you take your vision of perfection and your beliefs about it and uh, execute it, make it happen on a day-to-day basis? Because I said to Don early on, what are your goals? And he said, I think goals are overrated. Uh, because most people spend all their energy on coming up with the goals, and then they don't have the plan and uh, the discipline to do day in and day out what they need well, to. Well, and the worst part about it is once you've come up with the goal, you figure, boy, I'm sure glad I did all that work. I came up with my goals. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. like a yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. yeah, and you feel like you've accomplished something you really haven't yet. Sure. And then once you're 
uh, clear on your plan and, and you're executing, then you go to the next letter. And then you have to be audible ready. You got to be ready to adapt or to do whatever is necessary if uh, change is needed. You know, everybody has the answers on Monday morning when the, when the game is over. You got a lot of great coaches, a lot of great Monday morning quarterbacks, but the important thing is to make the decisions and be ready to change. If the game plan isn't working or in business, you know, if things aren't going the way that you had hoped that they would go, you got to be ready to adapt or to adjust or to audibleize. And that's what the, that A is all about. It's interesting, you know, some people who are struggling around their own success can't understand why they do the same things year in, year out, and don't get different results, you know. And so, <laughs> Didn't somebody uh, define that as insanity? That's right. I think uh, so. Uh, the audible uh, ready is is good for our lives as well as managing people. And then the C, the second C stands for consistency, which has to do with how do you respond to performance. Some people think consistent is behaving the same way all the time, but that's inconsistent. If you are nice and supportive of people who are performing well and you treat the people who are not performing well the same, that's inconsistent. Consistency is behaving the same way in similar circumstances so that people will know that if they're performing well, you'll praise and recognize them, and if they're not, you'll hold them accountable. You'll uh, redirect them uh, because uh, Don feels strongly that uh, there's no minor errors. That's right, and you have to stay on top of each and every situation. And, of course, the the H is honesty. And, and I think the most important thing as far as leadership is concerned is credibility in communication, and honesty is, is the overall. And any time that the people that you're responsible for question your credibility, you're in deep trouble as, as a leader. So you better do everything that you can to make sure that uh, that uh, you're you're creditable with the people that you're responsible for. This, this takes some time, though. I mean, this is not, uh, I mean, as quick a read as the book may be, it's not something you can do in a weekend, is it? Well, no, I don't think so. And it's something you got to think about, and you and you got to be willing to practice. So this takes a lot of... Uh, uh, attention to detail. It, it takes a lot of discipline in order to think about these various things and then to try to incorporate them into your lifestyle. At the back of the book, uh, Bill, we have a little self-examination so you can go through the COACH acronym and look for your strengths and your weaknesses so that you can kind of almost get a self-help plan in terms of where you're going to get be better because suppose you're pretty good at some of the things, but flexibility is not one of your strengths because you get real rigid. Well, that's an area you might want to work on. How can I call audibles and not get stuck uh, doing something that's not working? And so other people might be the consistency would be their problem. So uh, what we wanted to do was give a total system that people then could do some self-analysis and then get some plans. Sort of a metaphorical Monday morning film watching. That's right. <laughs> You know, for saying, your life. Yeah, exactly. Saying, well, how did I handle that situation? Should I have done this differently? Should I have done that differently? Is it easier, though, to be a coach if you've got a team full of stars? Well, it, it's tough, and especially in this day and age, you know, the money is so much greater than it used to be many, many years ago, and there's so much more media attention. Um, the players are now represented by uh, agents or lawyers, or there's always somebody between you and the player. And it used to be you had direct eye-to-eye -eye contact with the people that you were responsible for. Uh, the players are so much more aware now than they were 
10 and 15 and 20 years ago and ask many more questions. You've got to be more prepared now than you've ever been in, in the early days of your career to answer the why question because, you know, they just don't do it. In the early years, whatever I said was accepted as gospel. They'd go out and run through a brick wall. Now <laughs> now they want to know why, why you want them to run through that brick wall. But they'll still run through it if you're a good coach. Well, the, the, the good ones will. I mean, the, the good ones know that they have to do the things that are necessary to prepare each and every week. And it's not an individual game. It's a team game. Our game is really 11 people on offense, 11 people on defense, and working together for for that common goal, that common objective, and that's to get the most out of your ability. Well, supposing you're running an office full of uh, salespeople who each have a quota to meet, and uh, some of them are real good at meeting, and some of them are, shall we say, less than apt at, at doing the same thing. And you'd like to bring the overall performance up. You'd like to, you'd like to get everybody on the same team. And, and can you take those same principles? Can you, can you do everything that uh, that Coach Shula does in that situation? Yes, you really can, because uh, what you're really doing with people is not getting them to compete against other people on your own team. Uh, because some people have better skills and, than others. But what you want to uh, get them is to be the very best they that they can be. And so one of the things that I just admire for Don is that first he really makes a psychological contract with people, which is around do you want to be the best you that you can be? And if you want to, then what he wants from them is to go all out and be their very best, and he'll give his best. Uh, one of the things we say in the beginning of the book, we can't give you the fire in the belly. We can't give you the passion uh, to be a winner. But if you really want to be an excellent coach, we have uh, some principles here that can really help you be that. But, if you know, there's a difference between being committed and interested. Interested people always have an excuse why they can't do things. Committed people say, yeah, I want to be the best coach. Okay, what do I have to do to get prepared? And everyone's a coach is a good uh, manual for you to use to get yourself ready to be a coach. Well, let me come back to the, the whole idea of goals just for a minute. Maybe Maybe you shouldn't call them goals or maybe you should, but you know at the beginning of the season your goal really is, whether you call it a goal or not, is to win the Super Bowl. Right. You want to get there. You want to win as many games, win the playoffs, and get to the Super Bowl so you can get the ring and get all of the you – know, that's that's your goal. Supposing you're running a business. Supposing you're running a family and because your book is intended for people to to coach their families as well. There is no such clear-cut goal. You don't have a season. You don't have a number of games. You don't have a, a ring waiting for you at the end if you win, do you? Yes, but what that's what you have to do is you have to define the vision of perfection for the organization that you're doing. So, for example, in our family, when we looked at our kids and our relationship, we wanted them to be good students because we wanted them to have educational opportunities. We wanted them to show respect to each other and their peers. We wanted them to show respect to adults. And we wanted them to be helpful members of our organization, which meant helping clean up and do things. And so we had some very specific goals and a vision of perfection around those that are different than a, than a ring. But for us to run a successful family, we couldn't have people being disrespectful and people not helping and all those kind of things. So whatever you're running, you design that vision of perfection, you know, for that group. And so Don might have it clearer because he has wins and loss records, but every one of us should know 
when we do a good job and we feel proud, what will have happened? Well, I think that that's the ring for the family. When when every member of the family feels proud and content and happy, and those are the important things. Mm-hmm. Then you know that you've accomplished, and mm-hmm. and and it isn't a ring, and it's not a win on Sunday night, but it is a win, and you just have to equate it to to what you're trying to be successful at doing. Now, will these principles also help us put out fires? Because what you're talking about is, you know, great forward-looking principles, but everybody's got a problem that they have to deal with. You got a player who doesn't want to play. You got a teenager who's experimenting with drugs or alcohol. You've got uh, a coworker who, uh, you know, maybe he has a, he's carrying on an affair on the side and it's hurting his performance. You've got fires to put out. Will this help as well? It really will because, see, anytime somebody is not performing well or is engaging in dysfunctional behavior, you can start going through your checklist. First of all, are they clear on what we're trying to accomplish, what our convictions are? Do they have a clear belief system? Because maybe their problem is that they, they got in their forehead a, you know, stupid belief system. <laughs> you know, we might have to change that. Well, maybe it's not their belief system. But it's nobody's paying any attention to their performance. And maybe they're just crying out for attention. A lot of times kids will act out. And it isn't that they really want to act out, but it's the only way they've learned to get attention. See, parents very often, if you're good, they don't pay any attention to you. If you're a problem, everybody's around you. So kids learn to get attention by what? Negative behavior. So what we're trying to do is say, gee, there's things you can look at and say, this thing isn't working. Is it because I haven't been honest with them? Is it because it's a consistency problem? It, you know, what problem is it? And I think that you can find some suggestion that will help you get at that. Of course, if all else fails, you can trade a player. <laughs> you can't trade a son or a daughter or or somebody else that's that's maybe in your office, unless you're the boss. I suppose you could work out a, a trade. But I mean, you you've you've got to deal if in in a business or in life. You've got to deal with the problem that you may be able to just get rid of with a, a few strokes of a pen. But you want to do everything that you can before you ever do that to salvage the problem. And you know, I've been noted for having an open-door policy for giving people that have had problems elsewhere an opportunity to do the job for me. And I've been burned there, and I've also helped people save their lives and and get started on a, on a new career and do a job and be productive. And I take a great deal of pride in that, the same way with the family, you know. Uh, when when players have problems, that means that the society has a problem, that the family has a problem, community have problems, and that just transcends into sports. So, you know, we're, we're all dealing with uh, success and failure. And in the book, we spend a lot of time talking about success and not being overwhelmed by success and continuing to feel that you've got more to learn because the people that you're competing against are all trying to be the best that they can be. So the minute that you feel that you know it all, somebody's going to beat the same thing if things haven't gone well and you failed, you know, that's not fatal. You're not dead. You've got the opportunity to get up and hopefully learn something from the negative experience that you've just gone through and utilize that the next time that you have the opportunity to compete. To this day, the 1972 Miami Dolphins, the team coached by Don Shula, is the only team in NFL history to have a perfect undefeated season. Are you new to Now I've Heard Everything? Well, you may not have heard some of the many other interviews that I've posted, over a hundred of them in all, and you can find them all at my website, heardeverything.com. And be sure to subscribe to Now I've Heard Everything on your favorite podcast app. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, one of the most thrilling days of my interviewing life. 
my 1998 interview with the man who left his heart in San Francisco, the unparalleled Tony Bennett. That's next time on Now I Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thank you.